Content with the story, so we're obliged to come. <laughs> For we are the writing on the wall, the whispers in the classroom. Without these things, we are nothing. And now we must shed innocent blood. Welcome to Uncensored Horror! <laughs> Yay! Very Hey hard. guys, how are you today? Hello, hello. Or this evening in America. <laughs> So oh, for we're those all feeling th- very sweet. We, we oh, we almost, are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some sweets for our sweets. Exactly. So for those of you that can't, you know, take an obvious hint. This week we are looking at horror classic, nineteen ninety two's Candyman. Ooh. I can't believe Candyman is that old. Like 92. Yeah. Old wow. as dust. We are old as dust, kidlets. We are old as dust. So I, um, I learned a fun fact about uh Candyman this weekend. One of my one of my best friends is uh is black and she informed me that black people do not watch this movie. And I said, Why not? And she said, We mind our business. <laughs> exactly. We don't mess with it. Smarter than the white folk that can't you Always. know leave well enough alone. Always. So we're going to start off with um, our first impressions of seeing this movie. So, Miss Katie McCarthy, you're going to go first. Tell me oh, about the first boy. time you saw Candyman. Oh, I was at a sleepover. I was probably of course. Uh, too, too young to watch it. It definitely wasn't in 92 when it came out because I was like six years old when that came out. Uh, but later on, probably snuck it in a sleepover and watching it. And it, it was horrifying. And, you know, at the sleepovers, you play the Candyman game. You go in the bathroom and you turn the lights off. And you, who's brave enough to say it five times? Spoiler exactly. alert, it was never me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Luke, you've got a completely different story, don't you? Because... Well, well, I always knew about Candyman. And I I knew all about, you know, going in and doing the thing in the mirror. I even did that when I was, like, a kid and teenager. But I never actually watched the film. I'd, I'd seen <gasps> tiny little bits only until last week. I sat down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this film because I've said so many times on here I would. So I sat down and I was really pleasantly surprised. It's it's a good film. It holds it's, up. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's very dated as far as like, it feels like it's, it is a 90s film. But it's just... I liked it. I was engaged the whole way. I I really thought it was like I, I I know a lot of modern films now try they do a very similar thing, but I thought it was probably done a little bit better back then. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. Um, for those of you that have not seen Candyman before, we are um, obviously going to be giving you huge spoilers. So if you have not seen 1992's Candyman please make sure that you watch the movie first and then join us for the review. Hello, Brooke. <laughs> Welcome. So, um, yes, let's, let, we'll give you just a really quick synopsis. So Candyman is a film based on a Clive Barker story, a short story called The Forbidden, um, and it uh, centres around a Chicago graduate student who's doing a thesis in Urban Legends and folklore, which leads her to um, the legend of Candyman and the housing uh, housing commission complex of Cabrini Green, where myth and legend and real life are intertwined. Um, Candyman is the ghost of an artist and son of a slave who was murdered for his rela- uh, sexual relationship with a rich, wealthy white man's daughter. And uh, his spirit requires vengeance. Ooh, so I must correct yeah. you. I must correct you. Uh, 
Okay. Father was not a slave, actually. He was he uh Candyman grew up in polite society. His father Yes, but he, he was a son. Yeah, he was the son, his father was a slave and then he made money. Ah, okay. I didn't think he yeah. was a slave. I thought he just No, no, his his father was a slave but, but get, came into money and that's how he got his what his um role in society as an artist painting people's intimate moments mm. and then Daddy Robotai became become Candyman. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna jump straight in. Um, well, here's my question for you guys: Do you want me to go. sprinkle my fun facts throughout the discussion, or you want me to wait till the end? We would love to drop fun facts as well. Sprinkle. <laughs> well, let me sprinkle. sprinkle right let me sprinkle right now. <laughs> Did y'all ever notice that the man's name was never said his real name in the film? Uh, not until the sequel. Exactly. Not until the oh. sequel. And- yes, we'll, we'll talk about the sequels later. <laughs> Not until the sequels. He was, yes, he was a face, or a nameless face to mm-hmm. the horrible activities of, you know, the slave times. But the face that we uh, get to look at for most of this movie is he- that of Helen Lyle, Miss Virginia Madsen. Now, the way they light her in this movie is like old Hollywood gone crazy. She looks like that she could step out of like, you know, a Hitchcock movie or something like that. And I don't know whether that's intentional because they do describe this movie as, as supernatural slash gothic, which is kind of what I get as well. It's like a modern day gothic urban horror movie. Now she what was, a- she was not originally uh slated to star in this role correct who uh, was it katie it was alexandra alexandra pig who by pig. the way well p-i-g-g i assume this is how she pronounces it uh, she had to drop out when she found out she was pregnant and actually two extra fun facts for you sandra bullock was slated to uh, step into the role if uh virginia madsen couldn't do it yeah no. really could you imagine? I guess, yeah, because Sandra Bullock? was, yeah. Was, so Sandy had just had she just she done speed she, in? No, nope, she didn't do speed yet. She was still an unknown. She would have yeah. this probably would have blew her up if she had done this one. Uh, Virginia Madsen was originally meant to play Bernie, and then Bernie was uh, made to be black. And uh, Cassie Lemons, I'm I really hope I'm not pronouncing her name incorrectly. <laughs> uh, played that role so yeah there's so there's, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of story behind candy man a lot of story and a lot of um film theorists love this movie and you can tell why there's a lot <laughs> so, of yes. social commentary in this a lot movie. of social layers commentary, and layers and layers. layers and layers but not smacking you in the face with obviousness hmm. well, i like it that's what that's um, why i thought it's done better yeah that's what that yeah. was where i was going you either so, love yeah. this film or you really hate it. You either think it's, you know, a great representation of black people or you think it's horribly racist is what I've found in my research of this film. I think it's just, I, especially in 1992, I think it was a a big step to, you know, to shine oh. a light. And it's not necessarily, it, for me, this movie speaks more about the evil that is that that's been done as opposed to you know making the black man this evil force do you know what i mean well part of the reason people don't necessarily like it is because in the forbidden the villain is written as a pale-skinned long-haired blonde man so to change it to a black man you can see how people would see that as villainizing him when really the director was trying to make a statement about it about and i think it was playing on like i guess this white fears if that's the thing right um it was it was making a political set like you know playing on that fear of like you know and and really tapping into that do i want to say guilt yeah i do that guilt there as well like it, it it did it in a way that was not banging you over the head but it it was just done in a way that i felt that you 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 sympathize with both sides almost like you know it was 
I didn't think at the by the end of the film like the Candyman was evil really like well he was but he wasn't like it was something that was born from 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 it's what, I, I, what yeah what happens is this is what hate breeds this is what hate and intolerance and you know bigotry breed and I don't even I don't even think it was about being woke at the time I think it's this film was the beginning of that cultural recognition of hey this is what this is not cool. Like, you know, this is the kind of yeah. this this shit was not cool. And I think that in the early nineties, that tide had started to turn. Like that's when things were starting to, you know, be brought to the surface and status quo wasn't just accepted as this is just history. Everyone has a responsibility because of the history. Let's without giving too much away, let's talk about Tony Todd. Cause no one else He's could have a, done that. Well, yeah, I, you know how there's only one Freddy Krueger? I think there's only one. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see about Candyman. Katie, Wait. fun fact for you, Miss uh, McCarthy. I, I already Guess know what you're going to say. Guess who are friends? Huh? Todd Farmer and Tony Todd are really good friends. <gasps> oh, I didn't know there that. Oh, hi, Todd. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but fun fact, uh, Eddie Murphy was originally looked at for this role. Wow, that would have really? been a big, a big swing from away from his, um, you know. I was going to say that would have been a risk for his career with what he was. Well, like, the his comedic the cons from what ended up kind of swaying them away from Eddie Murphy was, you know, he's not very intimidating looking. You know, he's kind of short, and uh, he's and too recognizable. He's he's Eddie Murphy. You know, if he was. Yeah, no, but if he was Candyman, like he's still Eddie Murphy. Like, you know, even in Nutty Professor, um, like all of those movies, he's Eddie Murphy. He was he's just playing another... all these hilarious characters, but he's Eddie Murphy. This, I mean, he but... does do a good dramatic turn. He has, he, he has done a, a fairly, like, some fairly good say, dramatic stuff there, as well. There's, there's some arguments you can make about comedians who end up playing these really horrific villains. Oh, I mean, look, look, at, look at Robin Williams in uh, One Hour Photo. I mean, oh, absolutely. Did you act, did you ever look at that? I, I don't doubt afterwards? his ability at all. <laughs> I just think for 1992, it might have been a bit too. He was he was too a, much against money. brand. He was yes, he was it was and against look, brand and he was too expensive. Nothing screams nothing screams more 1992 than the fact that everyone's smoking at every every I five was, seconds. I so was many cigarettes out the front of the kindergarten. Tell, yeah. <laughs> tell me this is a 90s movie without telling me it's a 90s movie. Yeah, it's great. If you, if you didn't get it from the credit sequence, you got it from that. So yeah, it, um, yeah, I was just bashed in the toilet stall. So yeah, <laughs> we're jump, we're jumping the gun. Sorry, yeah, Ellen, sorry. Ellen Miles, a graduate student, uh, university graduate student, focusing on urban. Le- I, I wish that this course, if this course actually existed, this would have been like I would have enjoyed university. I'm like urban legends, yes, please. There so, are um, courses like that necess- nowadays, well, but yeah, her and her partner Bernadette, her and her study partner you can Bernadette. Always go are, back. Collecting different story never. Are <laughs> um, <laughs> collecting ever. stories of, of local urban legends, and they come across the story of Candyman. We do get a flashback. Now, if you <laughs> want to talk nineties, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, <laughs> seeing a very young. I was going to say, did y'all recognize that heartthrob? Tell us who it is, Katie. Ted Raimi. It's so weird that we're expected to believe he was a teenager as well. Like it's like I, I was staring at him like Kyle. That guy. I know that face. I know that face. And it took me a minute. Like, I got Raimi. That's a Raimi. It is. That's Ted. <laughs> that is Ted Raimi. <laughs> I knew it. But yes, I, I love that we're expected to imagine he's just this bad boy well we were expected to believe that a lot in the 90s so you know it wasn't <laughs> the first time <laughs> so yes we we, we discover that um his his story is that of clara who who's um who was at home in her suburban home and said the name five times into the mirror and was Ceremony, <laughs> not even unceremoniously, ceremoniously because it was for intention, for an intention, gutted and killed. Um, that's the story that they hear, and that story is actually 
carrying through to the modern day. Um, the cleaning ladies within the university tell her the story about Ruthie Jean, a resident of Cabrini Green housing complex, which is this sucker just here. Chicka boom, chicka boom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's rumored to have been killed by the Candyman when she heard him knocking in the, knocking in the walls. Called the police, and of course, at that time, police did not come out to Cabrini Green. Katie, you know, you've done a little bit of research into Cabrini Green. Why don't you tell us why they wouldn't come out? I mean, isn't it obvious? <laughs> it's just well, a, well, Cabrini. Cabrini Green was known for its violence, even though it was not the most violent housing project in uh, Chicago. Uh, Police would not come out there, basically, because, I mean, besides the blatant racism, uh, they didn't want to put themselves at risk. So the residents of Cabrini Green actually, and you'll see this in the movie, too, when these uh, two walk into Cabrini Green, They'll shout out the stairs, uh, 5-0, These people learn to look out for each other. And when uh, Cabrini Green was demolished in 2011, a lot of the residents really said they missed that kind of feeling of community about taking care, taking care of each other because no one else would. They would call for help and no one would come. There was no uh, uh, assistance, public assistance to it. It was just really horrific living conditions. Uh, in 1981, the mayor at the time, uh, Jane Byrne, moved in there for three weeks just to kind of bring some attention to to the Cabrini Green housing, and it didn't really succeed. She never went back. Uh, in 2011, it was demolished. Uh, mini fun fact of the new film, it was actually filmed in Cabrini Green, but the high-rises are gone or row houses still remain and if you've seen the film or if you've seen the previews you can see that it's it is gentrified now definitely and i think that's going to be a big part of the new the new story the gentrification of a formerly predominantly black crime-ridden outlaw for want of a better word self-managed society and how the white people felt they need to come in and save people well, you know, what was funny about Chicago at the time is that not only was it home to three out of 12 of the richest communities in our country, it was also home to 10 out of the 16 most poor. And again, as I said, Cabrini Green wasn't even the most violent of them, but somehow exactly. it was the most attention. And the, the para- that, that's this whole movie's point is the parallel between the, the line of rich and the poor it's divided by freeways and divided by da 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 so much so that Helen's building that she lives in is actually the exact same floor plan as Cabrini Green fun fact so yes Katie <laughs> <laughs> if you want to describe that scene I will give you the fun fact <laughs> okay so um we will get there <laughs> so <laughs> Helen and Bernadette decide you know what? We've heard the we've heard the urban legends, so why don't we <laughs> look into the mirror and say it? <laughs> say his name. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing it for the show, no. are we? No, no. <laughs> maybe later. No. So, <laughs> maybe later. So those girls looking in the mirror, uh, when they're in Cabrini Green, they climb through. A mirror to get into the. I do. So yeah. So the point is, yeah. in the Cabrini Green plans, Helen noticed that the um there is a there's a space in the walls, and behind what was her bathroom mirror would be the access point from apartment to apartment. So yes, as you were saying, <laughs> uh, that's how Candyman got in to kill Ruthie. Jean was through the mirror in the bathroom. And that is actually based on a very true fact that uh, the director found while researching it that there were murders in Chicago that were accessing the apartments through the very same method. And now it makes me kind of look at my mirror a little differently. (laughs) Especially if you live in an apartment complex, I think that would make you go, oh, okay, I feel like... There's and and it's the whole point of the story, really. Yeah, really, to make you, you feel, feel there's this there's this um 
false sense of security and safety in all these brick and like concrete towers that you are up and away from the streets and and you know safe and but- you know and helen makes a comment like you don't want to know how much i paid for this you should not be able to pull off your mirror that easy girl go to your landlord <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah they helen helen and bernadette decide to um you know they're laughed at basically because again i think they're women and one of them is a woman of color and they can't be taken serious in academic circles because of course a white a white rich old man's already done the study and knows everything about it we get the whole story of um candy man as we've already related <laughs> i know right he's like douchebag mcdouche i mean um, a, a way to mansplain someone's <laughs> research to them like you son of a bitch go away and i i don't know i was i was rooting for her i was like yeah yeah blow him out of the water fuck him (laughs) (laughs) so yes um yes they fight they they are mansplaining the story of daniel robitaille as also known as Candyman, who doesn't have a name in this movie which i think for a point doesn't have a name in this movie um works well Son of a, a former slave who came into money, became became part of wealthy society, a gifted artist who, yes, would do portraits and was hired to do a portrait of a virginal, a virginal young white woman. They fell in love. She became pregnant. And then the town decided to lynch. <laughs> There's no other word for it. Do not lynch. words here. He was lynched. Lynch, poor Candyman, removing his artist's hand and replacing it with a hook (laughs) and also smearing him in um, honey from a nearby beehive so he was relentlessly stung and then hung from a tree. You know, because overkill. I was going to say, like, who, who, who thinks to smear someone in honey and have bees sting them. That's a pretty. Really, it's it's the cruelness of it's the cruelness of the time. Do you know what I mean? That's it's that's how little they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humiliation, pain, degradation. That was just what they thought was appropriate to do to another human being. Mm-hmm. So yes, while they um, while they're in Caprini Green, they they meet. Chickaboo, chickaboo. And Marie. Correct. Who is? <laughs> Actress name? Anyone? Oh, Vanessa Williams. Correct. Vanessa <laughs> Williams looking super young, doesn't she? I wonder she, how young she was when she did this. She was 29. Wow, it, she I, has... I mean, it's not the same Vanessa Williams, but... No, no, no. It's the, I, I know, um, but she's... Spoiler alert. She's in the new movie, and she does not look that dissimilar to that. She is uh, 58 now, I think, and she looks yep. incredible. <laughs> incredible. <But> again... <laughs> so Anne Marie tells them the story oh, of Ruthie away. Jean. <laughs> um, and we find out that she is raising her, her young son Anthony by herself in the midst of all this, um, you know, and complete. She- she Horror. makes it a point to call out the um, the white bias that comes with oh, definitely. In, a, in a housing project. She said, we're not all bad. I'm just trying to raise my son good. You know, I, we're not like the guys down there. And I think that makes a very valid point. That And that's part of what the movie is about, is that the people in housing projects are not all gangbangers and drug dealers and violent criminals. They're young families. They're young children yeah. just trying to live their lives. That's the thing. It's about trying to break down those stereotypes in a way that, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. thought of or even considered before. I, I don't, I'd like, and again, I, we were very young when this movie came out, but I don't remember seeing this kind of thing. Like, of course you had roots and everything that was big about it, but I think, especially for a horror movie at this time mm, to be making these take. kind of, making these kind of, um, yeah. Social commentary is very interesting. So yeah, they um they took photos as we as we saw we see that um can the um the the block has kind of become for want of a better word a shrine to the legend of Candyman, and the legend is very real to these people. 
um, well, they don't say his name. They, they, you don't you don't hear them say his name that often. Do you know what I mean? It's like this well, is this is they're living side by side with this legend. He is a real legend, actually. It was based off a real killer in the seventies. Uh, his name was a uh, a uh, Dean Carell. Uh, he kidnapped, True. murdered, tortured twenty eight young children in his uh, in his spree. And he got the nickname Candyman because his family owns a candy factory. So Candyman's real. Yeah, if you don't want to sleep, uh, learn a bit more about Dean Coral. It's not, it's not good bed- bedtime reading. Um, so yeah, after the infamous dinner with um, her, Xander Berkeley always plays douche douchebags right i hate him <laughs> he plays a douchebag in every movie he's been in so i think much and the, like it's just like his name's trevor just like you're, you're, <laughs> trevor you're, you're a douche already sorry <laughs> i i actually know a few trevors who are very nice so i shouldn't say that but still <laughs> he just very very much pissed me off so helen return decides to return to cabrini green alone because she's motivated by the doubt of her, you know, overseers. Uh, she meets a young boy who would who tells her all about Candyman and about where Candyman lives at the moment. Tells a pretty horrific now, story in the meantime. Another horrific story upon horrific stories in this one. So um, we learn about a modern day Candyman attack that. Um, a young boy was went into a toilet block and was, you know, for what castrated, basically. Not castrated. Basically. He was castrated. He was they castrated. Dro- they dropped a hard R word in this movie. They, they, yeah. And I, I know technically at the time that was the medical term, but man, it still hits hard. Like, oof, oof, don't say that. Word. There you go. Oh, okay. Ooh. When you haven't heard that for a while, you go, oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, there you go. Mm, that wouldn't pass today. <laughs> so he takes Helen to the toilet block where Candyman is, and she, God knows why, decides to go in. You like, I'm all like, you can tell that set dresser. You can smell that room <laughs> without even being in it. You're like, oh god, okay, that's some good was set it dressing. Me? But I'm I, maybe it's just because you know I've been bathing in diapers for the past two, year and a half now and i'm just looking at the shit on the walls and i'm like that is not real shit you could have made a little more you could have made a little more effort on that pal Come i don't on. know if it was meant to be shit and toilet paper though like because it was oh, very it's, no it's shit it's meant to be shit okay. <laughs> it, it is meant to be shit <laughs> we, we see the um we do see the uh the calling card that they pick up after this movie sweets for the sweet <laughs> now do you guys know where that's from Tell us, Katie McCarthy. <laughs> it's from a Shakespeare play. Ooh, I, I want to say Hamlet. There we go. I do. Yeah. Now that you've said it, I I do know it's Shakespearean, but I don't know. I don't remember which. Yeah, I I have to double check. Speeds. So Helen Helen and her um, instamatic camera. Her in there take you're like oh look at her winding her camera remember winding cameras that was a cute yeah. moment it was Hamlet Wind- and she was going to get them developed maybe the same day oh wow <laughs> can you imagine maybe the, the luxury of that in 1992 <laughs> Woo! Good so we do come across fake Candyman. <laughs> Oh, he's not fake. <laughs> he's just not the candy man she's looking for. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not. But bad, like, bad, bad, bad stuff, I think. Like, you looking for candy single man? white woman you in found a toilet block. It's just like, oh, well, yeah. Well, that was, she, um, that's another point of the movie that people are kind of like, really? Like, <laughs> you're, you're not helping your cause here. Look, yeah, so she's look, she's attacked. She's attacked. I'm, um, I'm I'm not saying she deserved it. I'm just saying this plays to the white savior complex. That yes, it does. <laughs> keep going. I'm so sorry. Helen Helen is attacked. Helen is attacked, and I guess mugged. I would assume. I would I'd assume say that so. they, like, they well, would. Have... Why would you bother hitting her if you weren't going to do something? With the... uh, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe. 
Well, I only say maybe because later when she comes back to school, Bernie hands her the slides and she goes, I thought said the camera that... was destroyed. So Yeah, exactly. So she survives the attack and uh, as she after she recovers, she's able to identify her attacker and he is the head of a again surprisingly enough called the overlords and they uh, he is arrested and they are all under investigation for the murders and stuff that have, that's been gone in caprini green the cops emptied the place out basically went through it and um they think everything is you know wrapped up super tight done and dusted until <laughs> helen leaves and heads into the parking garage. This scene gave me chills. It gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. Tony and Todd's voice. Tony Todd's voice, exactly. When when you can get away with... <gasps> I mean, the man's just standing there. He's just chilling. Helen. Ooh, you just gave me chills there. Helen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, why? Oh, <laughs> why? 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 And she's, I yeah, she's transfixed. Go. I think that that's a very important thing, like, oh, yeah. to note. Look, look at the broad daylight, first of all. Like, it yeah. takes a lot to make something scary in broad daylight. That voice is pretty terrifying in the best of times, but. There is a definite sense of, I don't think it's necessarily, th- like, I don't feel, th- there's there's a vibe of terror, but I don't feel it's, like, life and death threatening here. I think it's an intimidation thing. I, think I was just going to say, she's intimidated, but she's not... But she's also hypnotized. She's pretty brave, though, too, because she just got her ass beat in a toilet block. Now she's still walking around by herself and dark places so <laughs> well it's not dark dude look it's well, broad well, daylight brave or stupid uh, there's a difference <laughs> brave or a... exactly fine line. so um because he's he's come for helen because mm-hmm. she's trying to discredit his his story she's trying to take away his power his power comes from being a legend and people talking about him, that's what gives Candyman his energy. Not unlike Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Very Freddy-esque. Not, a, not unlike Freddy Krueger, but I think in a totally different way. Um, they're both revenge-based killers, obviously, but Candyman, I don't know. There just seems to be something more. There's a more serious tone to Candyman, obviously, because we've got however many sequels with Robert England yucking it up to the camera, but Candyman is ominous. Do you know what I mean? Candyman's ominous in the way that... There's just such a difference between the two. I mean, Freddy is scary because he's Freddy, but you love Freddy at the same time because the guy's a cheeky bastard. I mean, They made him an anti-hero pretty quick, and it was because, I think, Jason was becoming an anti-hero around that time, so they... And, you know, Tony (sighs) Todd doesn't become you know a fan favorite because he's saying these great one-liners he's tall and he's brooding and he's dark and he's scary and he's got that big booming voice and you just don't want to be caught in alone in a parking garage with him and it comes i think it comes down to the audience that they were aiming for as well this is obviously not a teenage slasher movie this is a horror movie for adults that's also, the big difference was this was. Do you know what I mean? They were, whereas Freddie and Jason were, were aiming for the teen set and how loud we could make them yeah. scream and how quickly they could jump into each other's laps and make out and whatnot. And, and there wasn't much. There wasn't much like there's the storylines there, but they're not very deep. Whereas I think this this movie is like an onion. You know, you can peel it back as much as you want to. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of young people love this movie because that's how I knew about it when I was young was that everyone talked about Candyman. Everyone was saying Candyman in the Mirror. But as you're older and you can revisit a film like this, well, I only watched it as an adult, I was like, wow, this is a really complex film that's got a lot of commentary. 
you miss the complexities of this film when you're watching it when you're young because when you're young you're watching it because of the the candy you're bit. watching it for the terror but then the yeah. terror is the terror is built in because of the story the actual horror of the situation is is what happened and why it happened the terror um, is so still yeah, real life <laughs> yeah candy man has to shed innocent blood <sighs> and helen blacks out helen's hell's like ah, ah, ah. She gone. That's me. <laughs> she gone. <laughs> she gone. But for, um, all, for all you animal lovers, the dog dies in this one. Yeah, the dog. This is night. These are nineties horror movies. The dog dies. Sorry, Helen please. blacks out, wakes up, covered in blood, in a bathroom that is not her own. We walk out to find she oh, is. We've all in... been there. <laughs> <laughs> we've been there. <laughs> Bob's She's in Anne Marie's house again. Now Vanessa Williams can scream. Oh my gosh. Uh, that was that was unhinged, like oh, she lost primal, like do you know what I mean? Well, that, I would be doing that the made same me go, ooh, thing. as well. I'd be doing yeah. the same thing. And why now was we she can't there's like there's a lot of blood, and we're not sure what happens at the moment because we see a dead dog head. <laughs> the Rottweiler has been dispatched. Um, and then Anne-Marie attacks Helen. And Helen manages to get the upper hand just in time for the police to arrive and catch her exactly like this. But so... I, th- I think it's important to mention why Anne-Marie is flipping the fuck out. Yes. Baby Anthony is gone. At, at this point, we don't know. We see a lot of blood, so I think everyone assumes baby dead. The baby's dead. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Anthony is gone at the moment. Um, we find out that Anthony is gone very close by, but Anthony is gone. That's a cute baby. <laughs> Off topic. That's a cute baby. <laughs> Off topic. Off topic. Sorry, so, baby. Fell for Hell it. Hell is arrested. <laughs> Helen's arrested, obviously. Um, Trevor comes and bails her out, but she's become thanks, Trev. Suspect number one. Do you know what I mean? Prime suspect. And how quickly she has gone from being believed to being, you know, I guilty. Think this, I think this scene is very important to point out because she's being interrogated and she's being strip searched, which uh. Many fun fact that that's one of she got to handpick the female cop to strip search her, and it's one of her best friends. The director wanted her to make her feel comfortable, but it's important that she's getting naked in this, and there's nudity. Now, when you have nudity, especially in a horror film, there's, in my opinion, it's one of a couple reasons. You know, one is just it's usually gratu- sexualized. It's sexualized. Yeah. It's gratuitous. It's just meant to be. You know, boobs. But this, you're you're seeing that she is she's traumatized. She's covered in blood. She's being not violated, but I mean, they're going through every crevice of her body, and there's nothing yeah, sexual. Pretty about violating. That. Well, I'm, like, I'm, it, it's tapping into a real fear again of people. It's it's making someone look completely vulnerable and weak and that's the word, you know, vulnerable, just, you know, there's nothing sexual about this scene. She's sobbing. She's shaking. She's covered in blood. She's asking for a shower. She's asking for a phone call. Like there's no way you can make this like, Ooh, Virginia Madsen boobies. (laughs) There's just no way to do it. I'm sure someone did, but I feel someone like did. Someone, someone did. definitely someone did. did. But, but you, know. <laughs> you you got to look at the person. Like, really, that's what you get out of this? That's yeah. that's what you're getting out of this scene? Truly, whatever. But it's it's tough. It's a tough watch. So yes, Helen is yeah, prime suspect number one. She's bailed out, and the photographic slides that have been saved from the attack she goes back to look at while she's, you know, not able to leave her house. And she discovers that Candyman is visible. So what she thought was just in her head is actually a reality. As Cindy would say in Scary Movie, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) I have some feelings about the Scary Movie movies, but we'll get to that some other time. But, um, you know... 
I think uh, as, as proves, there's never a good time <laughs> when you're alone, especially with Candyman, because brother shows up when you least expect him out of nowhere and you know makes you crap your pants from behind inside a mirror blah 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 um that horrible timing for bernadette who is knocking at the door um (laughs) and you know again she's hypnotized she's trying hypnotized and attacked she's trying to scream to bernadette to get out and leave and Bernadette mistakenly opens the door and we don't see us. And this is the thing early on in this movie, we don't see a lot of the violence. The violence is suggested. And I think that that's a big part of what makes this movie so impactful as well, because you piece it together yourself. You know what I I mean? I was just going to ask you guys what you thought about the, the noises because Mm. he is not like, it's not just like a uh, uh, like stab. I mean, he is no. putting some effort into disemboweling her. Well, you got to think it's a it's a hook. It's not a knife. It's not a clean like it's not a clean sharp thing. It's a hook that he is I, hacking away at her with. Oh, absolutely! But I think it just adds something to it because mm. every time he kills someone, he's making those primal guttural just ooh. Yeah. Like, he's putting some effort into this. He's well, I guess this violence. is a contrast between, like, I know what you did last summer. They're all killed with the hook as well. But that was done in a very shiny, clean kind of way, you right. know? And like, that's, Bridget that's... Wilson, all beautiful. Ah, look at my completely perfect blood splatter on the wall. And, and then, right. you know, this film is dirty and gritty because it feels more uh, horrific. It, well, it, it captures that horror. He's angry, and you can tell he's angry in his sounds. And this is actually one of the things I bring up when uh, I discuss Halloween 2, Rob Zombies, is that you hear how angry Michael is when he's killing people. It's just, he's, you hear it in his, his you know, grunts. It's not just like a, uh, uh, uh. it's, and it's in your gut, and it's just full of emotion. It's, it's, it gives you a visceral reaction. It really does. So, of course, Candyman disappears. And of Helen course. is now taken into a psychiatric hospital because this is victim. She's just killing everybody. Two. Yeah. So um, <laughs> she's taken and restrained. And again, <sighs> we have Candyman toying with Helen. Basically asking her to come and be with him. Be my victim. Be my victim. He's obsessed with Helen, obviously, for some reason that we're not privy to at the moment. But, um, again, this is not a shadowy room. This is not a jump scare. This is nothing like that. This is something that happens in a split second in a frame, and then the next second he's gone. Like, I think it really helps... Um, allude to the fact that, you know, you get to see Helen's point of view and you get to see the point of view of the people in the world going, well, this bitch is crazy because there's nothing there. But he was literally, we we get to see both sides of it. Um, she's, yeah, Helen is in a bad way. She can't do anything right. I, really, I, liked, I liked that scene in the doctor's office because you see it in her face. You You see her start to question, did I really see him? Did this really happen? Am I really losing it? Have I like just gone so deep into my research that I've just lost my grip with reality? You see her really questioning her motives. Until poor Dr. Burke, you know. I can summon him. <laughs> poor Dr. Burke Famous last gets a, a hook through the chest. And again, Oof. Helen's implicated. <laughs> so she makes an escape out the window. Knocks out a nurse and is on the run. So she is well and truly fucked now, right? <laughs> she, there's yeah, no way. She's, yeah. <sighs> they think she's crazy no matter what happens. <laughs> if he hadn't have cut her uh, restraints, she might have had a chance to, you know. But that's the whole thing. He needs oh, her. He needs he her needs weak. Her to... He needs her vulnerable. So he, she's yeah. got nowhere else to go. Right. Um, <laughs> I, like I kind real of, psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love when she goes back to her apartment 
Oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> kind of, because we find out that Trevor is a douche canoe. It's a big surprise. And there's and li- there's hints living with Stacy. Oh yeah, Stacy. There who, are hints at that throughout the movie. I mean, right at the beginning yeah. of the film, you know, he disappears uh, when she needs him. Helen calls uh, calls him out on it, and then yeah. when she tries to call to get bailed out, the bed is made as in no one's ever been in it. But he tells her he's with sound asleep, sound asleep. Never heard the phone. Uh, Never heard yes. the phone. He's just a douche. McCarthy. He's, he's, he's a, the worst. Yeah. He's the fucking worst. He is the worst. Him. He is the worst. He is. Just so look, after look. um and pink walls, brief, come on, Stacy. Yeah, yeah. Stacy's just a stereotypical dumb bitch, right? It's dumb bitch, pink walls. Come <laughs> on. So after a little encounter with Stacy and Trevor, um. Helen realizes she only has one place to go and one thing to do, and that is to return to Cabrini Green and find Candyman. So she goes into his lair and discovers little artwork. Here's a question for you guys. It was always you, Helen. Regarding this artwork, because Mm -hmm. it reveals that Helen looks very much like uh, Candyman's lava. Now, Correct. do you think that Helen is a descendant of of this woman, or do you think it's just coincidence? I think it's. I think moving into the sequels, it's kind of revealed that there's a bit more lineage stuff going on. But I yeah. think, I, I think Almost. we're we're supposed we're supposed to believe that maybe this is some kind of fatalistic thing that they, no matter what lifetime it is or what you know, what body they inhabit, they will find each other. If they're like reincarnation. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Mm. So, yes. That's kind of a really twisted romance story, huh? Exactly. So he tells her <laughs> that um, the only way to ensure Anthony's safety is to surrender to him. Oof. And we get probably one of <laughs> one of the creepiest visuals um, in this movie. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Go Couple, for it. I got some B facts for you. Okay, Tony <laughs> Todd is a businessman because that man worked out a deal. Every time he got stung, he'd get a thousand dollars. Twenty-three times that man was stung. Oh wow! He made out with a little bit of a little extra cash, but those are real bees in his mouth. He's got real bees. That man is, that man went hard. And uh, Virginia Matson actually has a bee allergy. So. Oh, so she was <laughs> taking are, risks. <laughs> well, those Forget are real bees. Forget the parking lot. No wonder she's wandering around. <laughs> those, are, those are real bees for her too, but they are newborn bees. So they are 12 hours they're old. Sting. Their stings they are. They can't sting her. Oh, they can mm. sting. It's just. Uh, not as no. likely and it's not as like the results are not as deadly so, so did she require adrenaline during the filming of Candyman <laughs> McCarthy do you know this? I did not see anything about it I know there were medics on site and she just kind of said the things you do for money <laughs> so they, they both went hard with the bees man and I, I that's a commitment a hard, that'd be a hard no for me no give me a stunt double no commitment no, no. to the art. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> after Helen, after Helen passes out again, <laughs> she finds out Anthony is gone. He's taken. Have they checked he, Helen's blood sugar by this point? This is um, <laughs> no, right? This is um, but this is the the thing about this movie. He he plays cat and mouse like hardcore. Like he's like, you can have it, but you can have it, but you can have it, but. Mm-hmm. So Candyman needs to be a legend. Candyman needs to be talked about. So Helen comes to and hears a baby crying. Where? <laughs> oh, you want to take this one, Luke, or you want me to do it? No, you do it. You do oh, it. so there is a uh, big stack of wood outside of Cabrini Green, and they are going to have a bonfire. And she hears cries in the middle of that stack. And that's where she finds Anthony alive Correct. and well. She finds baby Anthony alive and well. Candyman promises to release Anthony again. 
if uh, he if Helen agrees to stay with him and let their legend strike fear into the residents of Cabrini Green so that they can both stay alive and powerful to feed his legend and ensure his, you know, ensure his immortality, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, I think there was another motivation behind uh, Anthony, too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the obvious romantic one, but... So, yeah, he's... yeah. Um, at this time, the young boy who Helen met during her, her earlier ordeal sees slash hears the drama going on inside the the um, huge, oh. huge, huge, like like huge fucking bonfire, and the residents of Cabrini Green decide to take matters into their own hands Man, and light I- it up. I would too if I saw a hook on that thing and be like, fuck that. Here you go, candy man. Yeah. So within the bonfire, <laughs> Helen, Candyman, and Anthony. And intense, right? Intense scene. I, I have I take issue with this. Just yeah, because why? I think I take issue with it because I think it was poorly executed. Her escape at least. I think it would be very hard to do, especially in nineteen ninety two. With no big budget, at least. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But I'm just like, watching it. I'm like, she just crushed him. She just crushed him again. This baby's dead. How is this baby? Yeah. Oh, look, there, there. She yeah. crushed him, like, again. Like, And then she gets out, and I'm just like, the baby's not alive. She crushed him, like, so, six yeah, as different as she, as she escaped, As she escaped. Such a mom, the, Katie. Um, you know, the <laughs> pie, pie begins to collapse. And, you know... Um, onto Helen, so she becomes a little human small, but she- manages to get baby Anthony outside and I, and really become the hero of the piece, right? Like, that's the whole point. Like, despite the horrific <laughs> things that she's going through, she manages to use her sacrifice she becomes a for good as opposed to candy bands a different way yeah and uh, the only reason exactly. i say it seems like just totally unlikely is because the baby's completely unharmed not not to mention the way she was crawling like the baby's crushed but that's okay but th- that baby should have had some injuries that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying keep going <laughs> so um for some something strange for you know a horror movie helen dies do you know what I mean? She's the heroine she is did. dead. Um that, yeah. there is a small funeral uh until the end where the residents of Caprini Green actually show up to pay their respects, I would guess. I thought that <laughs> and, was pretty well, I thought it was pretty powerful. And yeah, it was very just, powerful. He drops the but I think it I think it's equal equal amounts um paying their respects but also burying the legend right because they're throwing that hook in with her right right say, to try and close a chapter and go that power is gone now the you know like yeah it the candy with, man is ends with you finished yep it ends with you your your sacrifice wasn't in vain but it's also you know yeah helpful <laughs> yeah and then we we go back to um you know Poor the Trevor. beautiful the beautiful pink apartment of Trevor and Stacy, where Stacy's realizing that you know sometimes married men aren't that fun. Um, oh, <laughs> Poor Stacy, another pick pink up, walls girl. Yeah, when you got to pick up the pieces, <laughs> she's so a grief-stricken Trevor in front of a mirror mm-hmm. <laughs> says Helen's name mm-hmm. five times. Mm-hmm. Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> um, and then bye-bye, Trevor. I love that. Which, talk, about, and then, talk about getting your comeuppance. Beautiful. Yeah, the cycle starts again as Stacey is, is there holding a knife mm-hmm. with a thoroughly gutted Trevor. I mean, wouldn't you love to do that to the, the home wrecker? Just <laughs> framer for murder. Isn't that the ultimate goal here? <laughs> Never mind that so man has gaslighting. Helen gets her revenge. Really, but it wasn't in character of Helen, though. 
I think it was. Be- uh, well, yes look, I no. think that she's been. She was betrayed, and there was there was a betrayal of her society against her. Obviously, not yeah. as dramatic as Candyman's, but she she's seeking revenge. He could have helped her, but he he was too busy concerned with himself. I think it was more so, about getting revenge on him than it was her. Yeah. It, she's just kind of a. Or is it more like, you know, nice. like the, the, the cycle in society will always repeat where like hatred and betrayal yeah. and all these terrible things will always continue. I mean, you can read it a lot of different ways, which is a good thing about the good thing about good source material is it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. you can, you can read this as a feminist film. You can definitely read it. Like, obviously it's a, a film about racism, about social inequality, about a lot of different things. But that's what's yep. good about a good movie or a good book. Yeah? It, th- you can interpret it so I many agree. different ways. Definitely. I think we all agree on one thing, though. Mm-hmm. Trevor got what he deserved. Trevor did get what he deserved. <laughs> so our closing out of our closing out of the movie finds um, Candyman's former lair with a new for a new um art fresco on the wall of Helen with a blazing head of hair and she now she's now become part of the story end of Candyman 1992 Mm. so um, for for a bit of statistical information Candyman had a budget of between 8 and 9 million dollars and it went on to make 25.8 million dollars obviously became a massive like cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. um a movie that has a legacy of um you know throwing i guess elevating horror in a, in an era where horror was a dirty word mm-hmm. you know if we look at the if we look at the 90s it was not the strongest time for franchise horror um, as we've discussed in our previous but shows. But that was after a million sequels exactly. for those franchises. So fresh... What are the sequels like to this film? Because I haven't watched them Yeah, yet. so we will, talk about, we will talk about the sequels because um, it's important to note that there were some. So in 1995, we got Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh, which takes us to um, New Orleans, I believe. No? It's been a really long I can't time remember. since I've seen this it's one. It's been a really long time. I do remember actually... that cover everywhere, though. In oh, the oh, wait, no, the third one's in New Orleans. <laughs> Sorry, the third one's in New Orleans. And we discover this is Candyman's granddaughter or great-granddaughter or something like that. Actually, quite good movie, the, the second one. Um, yeah, Farewell to the Flesh. Um, originally, they wanted to make a prequel. And I'll tell you, I don't know, did you read the little fun fact about the sequel, Katie? Which sequel? The original Candyman sequel. Oh, the original. No, no, the original Candyman sequel. I'll tell you in a second. So the original original second movie was actually meant to not have anything to do with Candyman. It was going to start like they intended Halloween to be. I was going to say Halloween 3. It was, uh, yeah. So what the the second story, and this has only just recently come out, um, the original write, script writer was going to take us to London. Where was we... Like Jack the Ripper kind of thing? Where the murders of Jack the Ripper... All right. That's ...began again. Huh. And it treaded, it treaded a lot of ground that from hell tread. Uh-huh. So a lot to do okay. with... Um, but. That the actual the um the Freemasons were actually consuming the bodies of the victims, and it was a a kind of like cannibalistic ritual kind of thing. So it was about different boogeymen as opposed to a, a full on sequel to Candyman. But like that's that. floating around somewhere apparently. And then in 1999, <laughs> um, we got the direct <laughs> we got. Direct-to-video sequel, Candyman 3, Day of the Dead, starring Erica Elenik from um, Baywatch. I got to admit, I never saw that one. I think I saw about 30 <laughs> minutes of it. I never That's saw the that one, one I think that happens in New Orleans or something. Yeah, some, one of them goes to New Orleans, I swear. 
So, um, yeah, Candyman, there's been <laughs> less said the better for number three. Number two had some interesting points. There was some, I, I do remember there were some genuinely scary parts in, in number two. So, as as happens, the director video sequel rage that was going on in the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. kind of put Candyman in his coffin for a little while. Um, September 2018, though, Jordan Peele announced that Candyman would be back and... Candyman is back, guys. Candyman is back in a big way. Candyman is back now uh, with a $22.5 million box office for the opening weekend. And this is, um, such a, this is a huge deal because this movie is being praised for elevating black voices. I mean, you have a, a black producer. You have a black director. It was written by two black people. Well, there's three people, but two out of the three were black. And it's a big deal. And you're starting to see more with horror, with proper representation of black voices, and that mo- and this movie is getting that feedback that this is this is the way that the representation should have happened in the first one. Now, without spoiling yeah, but- too much about without spoiling too much about Candyman 2021, it is a direct sequel to Candyman because yes and no, they're calling it a spiritual. Sequel. This baby is all grown up. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Well, I mean, we you kind of gave... That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, and, yeah, what happens I mean, from there on out is, is you know, I was something say, you... Fair enough, because we talk about Anne-Marie being back, so you got to assume Anthony's in there somewhere, right? Yes. I'm, I somewhere. Still, she is my favorite part of the trailer. I just love it. Just like, you know, everything's going on, and she's just like... Just shut it down. Like, don't say his name. Well, can but we also, say who the returning cast is without spoiling? We stuff? can. We can. Well, so, we, just, um, we just said it. Vanessa, Vanessa Williams, Williams is, is returning. Yeah, we. Virginia Madsen yeah. is back. But in what capacity? Somehow. I haven't seen it. I'm, I haven't I'm in seen lockdown. It. I haven't seen it. I, I, I haven't seen it either. And, I can't uh, see it. And Tony Todd is back. And, of course, um, Tony Todd is back. In some way, shape, or form, but we're not gonna. If you haven't seen the trailer to this, the the trailers they've done amazing work. I loved this shadow puppet trailer. Oh, the trailers were beautiful, and yeah, before the movie came out, they were playing this little game that if you went to a website and you said his name five times, they released the five, they released the final trailer before it went public. <laughs> oh, God. It, it was cool. Yeah. It was super, it who doesn't love cool. viral marketing, right? Oh God! And it was great. All it right, so, so we've then. we've made it. Obviously, um, obviously, we can't say too much about the new film because we haven't seen it. Oh, but um, I'm looking. Last one. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, it was the whole reason we actually did this one because I intended to see it, but we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. So COVID happens. We're gonna start with Luke. <laughs> how many how okay. many hooks out of five are you gonna give Candyman, Luke? I am going to give Candyman a solid oh, – look, I'll give it four and a half hooks out of five. I think just for the layers, it's an onion. You can watch it for the simplicity if you want to or you can really, really watch it. Um, so I think it appeals to uh, a wide audience. So, yeah, four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, Miss Katie McCarthy. Oh, this for is you? a solid five out of five. Solid five out of five because it still holds up. People are still afraid of Candyman, and yeah, it had some some continuity issues. But man, when you see that man open his jacket and his ribcage is full of bees, it's still just as scary as it was back when you saw it in the nineties. It is. It hits. It still hits hard. Five out of five. Definitely, definitely impactful. I, I think I'm going to give it a 4.5 just because it's not a perfect movie, but it's definitely up there. Like the performances, I think Virginia Madsen does a lot without saying a lot. She, she acts very well with her face. She's like one of those old school Hollywood actresses that can show a lot with a look. And, um, Tony Todd's brilliant. Obviously, he's a legend for a reason. This movie made him a legend <laughs> and does gave anyone, everyone a nightmare, you know? <laughs> like, does anyone else get real excited when he shows up randomly in horror movies now? 
Just I like, just the whole final destination thing. Just make, like how many ways can they find to put him in the final destination movies? I love it. Oh, like, and like the hatchet movies, and he was in Hellfest. Like it's fun watching him show up in places. I swear to God, they just write these parts for him. Like how the how the hell can we get Tony Todd in? Be interested movie? to right say, well, look, he, he's obviously going to have some more work because he's he's appeared in Candyman twenty twenty one. There is a new Final Destination movie that's just wrapped, so I'm sure. <laughs> he, he did I'm a, sure a they'll find movie a way. where he talked about where he was cast in um, the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead, um, where someone had told him that he looked like the original actor from from the old film, mm. and that he had reached out to Savini, and um, oh. and he was sort of like, yeah, it was such a long. He felt like it was a long shot, but he said like. His mother had always told him, you know, don't just accept the doors closed. It'll it'll open. And, yeah, That's here we awesome. are. He and became I, a legend. Oh, and I love Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there for today. Thank you for joining us for Uncensored Horror. We do have some stuff coming up in October. Obviously, the big thing that's coming is Halloween Kills. <laughs> yes. I, there I'm, is I'm a final trailer. <laughs> apparently there's a final trailer dropping very soon that's going to give us a little bit more information i'm not going to tell you what it is we'll talk about it later it makes a very puts a different spin on things than what we thought the movie was going to be about mm. from what i've read we, we so. also get our chucky series on sci-fi yeah, there's a lot of horror uh, coming up, Toby. If you're a horror fan, you've got a lot coming. More importantly, the big anniversary for the best horror movie around. That's right. 25th anniversary for Scream. It is going back to cinemas. Hopefully I can get there. <laughs> I, I really I want to, to see if that If I have to again. go in a hazmat suit, I will be there. I'm, and <laughs> Y'all, I need to. I need you to go onto our page on our Facebook page and talk Vera into going because Vera is a scary cat. <laughs> Vera has to go, and then if if she does go, then we will release that footage of her watching the opening of, of before the and after. Just wait until the hair so goes bright God. white. So <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Candy man. There you go. You said it five times. I only said it once. (laughs) Candy man. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.